Well, we are leading off in a much different way than I thought we would today because five minutes ago, right before the start of the show, as I'm finishing up prep work, I found something that really caught my eye and fascinated me. And we'll get to recruiting. This is not recruiting related. You know we'll get to recruiting. A lot to talk about there. But for some reason, I went on FanDuel and went to the sports book because I had seen somewhere else that there were more early season or early game lines that were released. He said for some reason. Spoken like a true degenerate. I know. I was shaking. I'm like, I haven't got a bet in today. What am I going to play tonight? Let's, Let's go on FanDuel and see early lines for college football next year. They have the early line for OU and Texas. Uh, just I don't know if that just posted today, but it's the first time. Oh no, that it's I've been seen up it. a while, isn't it? Like ten and a half. Texas is a ten and a half point favorite on FanDuel over OU right now. Yeah. Wow! Whoa! I hey, listen. What? What? Ten and I, a half? I know your betting history isn't exactly sterling. Dating hey, back to dude, I won my big offseason bet this past year. Oh, okay. you over nine and a half. Okay, okay. So I, ho- I hope you took some of that early action though, because Texas minus ten and a half. Are we serious? You know, you did win the game last year, and hey, I know that. Like at least at this point, Vegas values Texas a lot higher than they do OU. Like, Texas opened up at ten and a half for their win total. OU at six and a half. A four four games difference. Now OU has since moved they've, up to seven and a half. But geez, they've got to just be baiting people with that line, right? I, I, I don't know. There's I, some look. The people like there's a reason the house always wins. It's because the Vegas folks are a lot smarter than you and I when it comes to this stuff. But even like, there's got to be some strategy that I'm not seeing here, right? They, they've got to be baiting people in some form or fashion to put money on that line. Now, I, like, I think we could have a really good back and forth, a really good argument as to, you know, why OU is on par with Texas, maybe a little bit ahead. Like, I just don't think it's so clear cut that Texas is way out in front of oh, OU heading yeah, into I this mean, year. Look, if you want to make the argument that Texas is in a better spot than OU, okay. Like, I think you have a case. I disagree with you, but I think you have a legitimate case. Ten and a half points, though. Yeah. It's not It's not slam dunk, though. I mean, that that's kind of the point. And I know Texas has a, an easier schedule than OU, but ten and a half in the game? Jeez, that is a massive, massive number. Um, Jay from Medill says, sorry, Tyler, not following you in bets anymore. USC win total ruined us. I won my bet last year. OU over nine and a half. That's fine, Jay. Yeah. It, if you would not like as, to collect on the, uh, the win this year, that, that is, that is fine. As I myself have learned the hard way, Tyler, there are some folks that will only ever remember you for things <laughs> that you get wrong. <laughs> that's, that's fine. I'm just trying to go back and see. How many times in the past 10 years Texas would have covered a 10-and-a-half-point 10, 10 spread? So let's go all the way back to 2006. OU, or excuse me, Texas would have covered a 10-and-a-half-point spread one, two, three times since uh, 2006. So I, it's, it's just a pretty substantial number that I'm looking at here right now. So it, it definitely surprised me a few minutes before the show started. Like, I think OU can absolutely win that game. They they won that game last year. Like there there's some strengths for OU that I think could make it difficult on Texas and and the other way around as well. Like 
I view that OU Texas game at one that's probably going to be another epic uh, epic shootout once again, and probably a like if OU was listed as a ten and a half point favorite, that would really shock me right now. But either team heading into this year being that big of a favorite, yeah, that man that 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 surprises me pretty big time. Do you know what the spread was in twenty twenty two? 2022. When, so when, when Dylan Gabriel was sidelined and Oklahoma had zero functioning So at arms. kickoff, what the number was, yeah. I'm going to guess it got up to uh, 12 at kickoff. I, I, don't, I don't remember. Seven and a half. It, just got, it was just seven and a half at kickoff? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? Yikes. So, once again, I, I, I am stunned. Not necessarily that Texas is favored. Okay, I actually yeah, yeah, think that yeah, makes yeah, sure, sense. Sure. I think that makes sense. I am not stunned by the fact that Texas is favored. Ten and a half points is a ridiculous number of points. Well, the last time FanDuel released something OU-related, they changed it after 12 hours because everyone was like, What? That's way too easy! Hammer the over six and a a half. Maybe this one will change well. OU fans are uh, getting in on this bet as well. Who knows? But yeah, that that surprised me right before the show started. Uh, When it comes to Cruton, we're starting to see... A whole lot more visits being scheduled around here. Yeah. Um, Cooper Perry is coming back. He was here, what? That was OU's first big recruiting weekend of the year, correct? Around a month ago or so? Yeah, he was here. Well, no, it was, it was for the second big recruiting weekend. It was the February junior day. Uh, but he had kind of been eyeing an OU official visit even before he came to Norman. Uh, just really has immense respect for the system, the coaching staff, the tradition at Oklahoma. And so... OU was already expected to be an OV destination even before he got to town. Uh, you're really just trying to unseat Oregon there. I mean, the other two like, – he, he has said his four top contenders are OU, Oregon, UCLA, and Arizona State. So, I mean, <laughs> two of those things are not like the other UCLA, two, right? UCLA, for sure, yeah. And Arizona State, too. But, man, yeah, it's – that you would think that that's OU and Oregon, unless Arizona State and UCLA are like, let's use all of our budget on Cooper Perry. Correct. Let's let's use all of the and, and not that I'm following the top players in Arizona every single year. I do remember a story out about Kevin Sumlin a few years ago when he was at Arizona. Like, there's some big time players in his backyard, and he's not not really doing his due diligence. I, as much as we talk about Louisiana doing one of the best jobs out there of keeping talent in state. It feels like Arizona, like Arizona and Arizona State maybe do the worst job of keeping elite talent in states. It was funny. I saw uh, Kevin Sumlin on on my Twitter feed earlier today cuz I guess Johnny Manziel had made some comment about him on a podcast. Oh, no. Like, How is my coach going to tell me not to drink and party and have a good time when he's doing all the same things behind closed doors? That's what Johnny's doing nowadays. No, talking. that he was talking about when he was at A and M because someone was his no, coach yeah, at that yeah. Point, but jo- that's what Johnny Manziel is doing now is bringing up Kevin Sumlin and going on podcasts. I mean, what else does he have to do with his life? You know, man, interesting. But yeah, OU still looking for a another wide receiver commits, and might it be Cooper Perry out of Scottsdale, state of Arizona? It might be. It very well could be. I just. I'm not entirely convinced there is still a spot for him by June 21st. That's my only holdup. So if we get around to that official visit weekend and there is still a spot for him and that visit is still on the schedule, then let's talk. But until then, I'm I'm not holding out hope for Cooper Perry. 
Just because after one visit, I don't think you're going to be able to feel great about your odds of pulling a kid from Arizona who had already had a long pre-existing relationship with Oregon unless you get him on campus multiple times and he has a ball multiple times. Well, you know who else I'm not holding out hope for, um, even more so than uh, Cooper Perry? That would be uh, Caleb Cunningham, top 20 (laughs) player nationally out of the state of Mississippi, who was in Norman about a month ago as well. And to be fair, I mean, you basically said it at the time when he was making his visit, like, yeah, this is cool, and anything could happen after a visit, sure, but don't get your hopes too much, get your hopes up about him. There's a story today on Rivals, how things stand with the top 10 wide receivers and tight ends in the 25 class. Ole Miss is mentioned, LSU is mentioned, Florida State is mentioned, Auburn, Tennessee, Miami, and of course Mississippi State, who's thought to be the favorite. Uh, the favorite. Like, there's not even any mention of OU right now when it comes to Caleb Cunningham. And we really have any, I, I don't even know if you and I have brought him up since he took that visit here around a month ago. I'm sure maybe OU's still trying on Caleb Cunningham, but it it doesn't look like they're sitting in the top two or top three. Yeah, I don't really have any expectation that Caleb Cunningham ends up in the class. It'd be great. And boy, talk about a feather in Emmett Jones' cap, but I just I don't see it happening. I think he's going to stay local. Uh, another wide receiver that they mentioned is Andrew Marsh out of uh, Katy, Texas. Katy Jordan, top 30 player nationally, so it's like every single – Wide receiver target OU has left. Feels like they're about in the top fifty. Andrew Marsh out of the state of Texas, six foot one seventy. Still a lot of teams in the mix as he takes visit. Sees a ton of programs and hasn't seriously narrowed anything down yet. Texas is going to play a huge role in his recruitment with Texas A and M, Oklahoma, LSU, and others. And they mentioned that being close to mom could play a major factor for the uh, Katie Four Star. So, those teams mentioned just have to like their chances if proximity to home is a is a big deal. Yeah, Andrew Marsh is a guy that has been quietly high on OU for a while. I've never completely drank the Kool-Aid on him and OU ending up being a thing. I think the better odds are that a guy like Manny Choice ends up being the fourth wide out in the class for Oklahoma. I think there I I'd probably put better odds on Cooper Perry being that guy more so than Andrew Marsh, but again, they continue to maintain that relationship with Marsh. He's been up to campus multiple times. That's a possibility, more so than Caleb Cunningham. It's a possibility, but not something anybody should be counting on. Uh, from the 310 state of California, Texas A&M should really hire Johnny Manziel to do recruiting. He'd be good at it. In in this era, <laughs> Johnny as your uh, Wait, recruiting on co- on-campus like recruiting well. coordinator? Let's go. I mean, well, honestly, no – Manziel would have been perfect for the Jimbo era. Oh, geez. Like, showing up in a Scooby-Doo uh, Halloween costume that he had on? Because, I mean, A&M was embracing the scumbag persona when Jimbo <laughs> was head coach. Because you had Jimbo, you had DJ Durkin, you had Bobby Petrino. Has there ever been a more scumbag staff than that? And we knew how they were recruiting. Oh, man. We knew the way that they were, were recruiting would be a hand-in-glove fit for everything that Johnny Manziel has ever been about, right? I just, I really want to spend the rest of the hour thinking about who the biggest scumbag college football staffs have been in our lifetime. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz by himself, obviously, is going to be in the top five somewhere. Don't even need to mention any of those assistants out there. I don't think anybody can hold a candle to the 
fearsome trio of Jimbo, DJ Durkin, <laughs> that's, that's and Motorcycle beat. Bobby. I that that's tough to beat. Just kind of the uh, the rap that, that all three of those guys have. It's that's not not great. That that could be sitting at number one in the power rankings for sure. Chase and OC says, "Hey guys, been a while, but ten and a half point dog to Texas this year makes Vegas." A part of my next few weeks to place some bets. Booma. Well, I just hope OU covers the 10.5 or some people are going to get back to us in mid-October and be very upset with us. I don't know how many people we convinced to bet OU to take the 10.5, but it does sound like uh, our pal Chase and OC is one of them. Just watch. We'll get a bad beat. Texas will be up by 5, and Oklahoma will have the ball at the 20-yard line with 6 seconds left, and they'll run a pick back all the way. Well, if Texas wins the game, then uh, that game's result will actually be talked about this year, unlike last year's result, huh? Isn't that pretty amazing? Yeah, crazy how quiet everyone has been nationally about the outcome mm-hmm. of that OU Texas game. And the uh, narrative surrounding that game is well, I mean, OU kind of stole that one <laughs> at the end. I mean, I mean, Texas had the lead late. I mean, OU, you got to give them credit for it, but they kind of stole that game late, is what Did happened. Did Texas lead that game until 117? No. I don't. I don't think so, man. Because obviously OU took the early seven zero lead. Yeah, I think OU led and controlled that entire game up yep. until Burt Auburn kicked that field goal with a minute seventeen to go. So Texas led for a whopping minute and two seconds of that football game. Peyton says, "I haven't caught up with the twenty five class yet. Are we going to sign any top one hundred players?" Well, Peyton, you're in luck. We're going to catch you up with the uh, twenty twenty five class coming up next. Who the highest rated player is according to rivals. And a whole lot more. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and you, the ref army, listening worldwide via the free KREF app. Odessa, Texas is tuned in today. Bakersfield, California. El Dorado Springs, Missouri. Atlanta, Georgia. Albany, New York. Small Oklahoma town of the day. Stigler, Oklahoma. A uh, lot to get to on the text line. Peyton was asking if OU is going to sign a top 100 player in the 2025 class. We'll get to that. want to get to some of these texts first. Uh, 405 says, scumbag staff, Joe Paterno and Jerry DiNardo. Drop Mike. Well, I think you're thinking of Jerry Sandusky, probably, but y- yeah. It's, I'm, I'm guessing. Whatever came of that motion last week to move uh, to name Penn State's field. After Joe Paterno. Nothing as of right uh, okay. now. Well, that makes sense. Surprised they didn't probably get canceled not, for even bringing yeah, it up. Probably not going to go anywhere would be my guess. Travis from California says Johnny out recruiting, and it shows him doing the money sign there at the uh, <laughs> NFL draft. Yeah, I, I, I mean, remember when somebody photoshopped, he was drinking a water. What, what do they call it? Like the green room of the NFL draft? Somebody photoshopped to where it looks like he was drinking a beer, and naturally everyone bought it. Like, oh, Johnny's just hanging out drinking a beer before he gets drafted. <laughs> oh man! And what was hilarious was like that was he had the most predictable downfall of anyone, like any major NFL draft prospect of the last quarters. Like as long as I've been alive, there has not been anybody else whose downfall was as predictable as Johnny Manziel's, but you still had the Skip Baylesses of the world going on TV every morning and swearing that he was going to be the next face of the league. And poor Baker. He, Baker was always uh, compared to Johnny Manziel. Exactly. You know, I, all the time. And, and Baker had to explain multiple times throughout why he wasn't Johnny Manziel and he was different. Didn't Johnny get like some argument or some fight his first preseason game, something like that? 
Something happened, like, even in the preseason games his rookie year. He got into a uh, verbal altercation oh, yeah, during like the he, game. No, he flipped off the yeah. what was then the Redskins <laughs> sideline. <laughs> Sweet. And, like, the, the, the camera shot was on him, too. So it wasn't as if you had to, like, see the alternate <laughs> angle on the replay. No, like, he was, like, actually yeah. on the broadcast feed flipping off the entire sideline. Ah, love it. Slim Brady says, oh, you stole it but should have won by, like, 17 to 20 points. Talking about the Texas game last year. Yes. Big Rich in OKC says, is Bert, the love, is Bert Auburn the love child of Carrot Top and the Pole Assassin? And that is in all, uh, that is in all caps. Uh, that is an all caps question. Mm-hmm. Needs to be asked. Uh, 310, State of California. I work for the PGA Tournament. I worked for the PGA Tournament this past weekend. Passed a teenage boy in a Longhorn sweatshirt. As I walked by, I yelled, Booma, then put the horns down without looking back. One of the people I was working with asked me what I said to him as he turned around and scowled. The nice Lord's job. work. Well done. Greg from Lawton, if Texas wins by 10.5, OU has more problems than losing a bet. You're exactly right, Greg very, from Lawton. Very fair point. Lamar from the 918, have we ever had a better in-state wide receiver recruiting class than the 2025 class? Well, who do you got right now? Elijah Thomas is committed to OU. Jaden Nickens is committed to OU. And the third best wide receiver in the state is probably C.J. Simon yeah. at Moore. Although you could make a case for Tristan Haynes. You absolutely could. He's not going to play wide receiver at the collegiate level. At least he shouldn't. If you want to combine wide receiver and tight ends, then that you, you could definitely have a really good case. Just yeah, to you want to just say Nate pass Roberts. catch? Well, yeah. you could throw Alex Shield Knight in there as well. Mm-hmm. He had power five offers as a tight end. So, yeah, it's a really, really deep class of pass catchers in the Sooner State. The best? I don't know. I'd have to crunch the numbers. I'd have to do some research off the top of my head. 2022 was really good because Talon Shetron is the guy that everybody remembers. Very few will remember that Robert Spears Jennings, before he committed to Oklahoma as a defensive back, was probably going to either Ole Miss or Texas Tech as a wide receiver. That was, that's when I was doing uh, color commentary for Norman High football games, and Norman High would play Broken Arrow every single year. And I had seen um, RSJ play for, what, two, three years? And it was a, as a wide receiver. So when I heard he was getting an OU offer, it was, oh, cool, that's great. Uh, RSJ is a wide receiver at that level? All, all right. No, he, he's going to be more of a defensive back type. Like, I, I remember when that was a thing, and that surprised me. Like, oh, I, I remember him as a wide receiver from Broken Arrow, not, not really as a defensive back. The very first spring that Robert Spears Jennings had at OU, which would have been – well, I actually don't know – I can't recall if he enrolled earlier or not, but I know that spring, the spring of 2022, Jeff Levy tried to steal him from Brandon Hall. Jeff Levy, because he had recruited him at Ole Miss. Sure. Jeff Levy gets to town, and he immediately starts trying to get Robert Spears Jennings on the offensive side of the ball. Needless to say, Brandon Hall was not having it, and Robert Spears Jennings remains a safety to this day, which is for the best because he's going to be a stud there. Tim in Missouri says Jerry Jones wanted to draft Johnny Menzel and had to be convinced not to. Explains everything you need to know about why my Cowboys suck. Tim, I love and hate them as well. Mostly hate. Glad to know that you're a fan like me when it comes to the Cowboys. Ronnie Crimson says, we're talking about scumbags. There haven't been any mention of Lincoln Riley, Roy Manning, and Clark Stroud. (laughs) Uh, Was Clark Stroud on the coaching staff? I mean, I guess he was on the staff in the loosest, most general sense. They probably have to tell him. He's like, I'm on the staff, right? 
Lincoln? I'm on this. I count as a staff member, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, little buddy, you do. You count. You're a coach. I bet he makes everyone there call him coach when he's around the facility. Oh, probably. He's the only one. He's the only one from that regime that has me blocked on Twitter. <laughs> Mule Shoe doesn't have me blocked. Roy Manning doesn't have me blocked. The only one who has me blocked is Clark Stroud. Uh, we'll get back to a uh, few more texts, but Peyton did ask the uh, question last segment. I haven't caught up with the 25 class yet. Are we going to sign any top 100 players? Um, Peyton, I feel very good about that answer being yes. Now, as of right now, Elijah Thomas is ranked number 106 nationally. We know what high school he plays for. He plays at Shakota. Maybe that counts against him when it comes into getting in the top 100. OU's going to get a top 100 player. Yeah, I think it probably be Jonah Williams. I mean, that, they'll get multiple. They'll get multiple. And Elijah Thomas is a guy I think does end up in the top 100. He probably needs a little bit more exposure in order to get there. He'll yep. have to do an Under Armour camp or something, Rivals camp, something of that ilk to elevate his status nationally. But that kid is really really good and he's tucked away out there in Shakota and not everybody realizes it but he is a stud Uh, Hawaiian Sooner sent a great text he said if RFJ if RSJ would have switched to offense he would have been Robert Sweep Jennings I I was trying to think of something clever because when you mentioned that Lebby was trying to move him to wide receiver I'm like ah there's got to be a jet sweep joke in there somewhere and there was Hawaiian Sooner's just better than me and figured it out nice job by the way, I, I think you said RFJ there for a second. I know I did. I was th- I got <laughs> I was halfway between RSJ and RFK. I don't know how. Uh, yeah, but the the twenty twenty five class just just to get you caught up, Peyton. It's it's going well right now. It's the number six class in in the country right now. It had been at number five for a few weeks. Your highest ranked players according to rivals. You got Elijah Thomas. Kevin Sperry right behind that. Grayson Harris, a wide receiver out of the state of Texas. Jaden Nickens, um, who's in-state. So really, when you look at OU's class right now, it's a it's the number six class, and three of the top four rated players, according to rivals, are in-state kids. Elijah Thomas, Kevin Sperry, and, and Jaden Nickens. So this class more than... like Let's go back to the question, is this the... Best wide receiver class in the state of Oklahoma. Like we, we brought up several different position groups, right? Is this the best Blake that we've seen in Oklahoma in quite some time? This feels like it, this feels like this class could have the most Oklahoma influence we've seen from an OU recruiting class in a while. Fair to say? I would say since 2017. Yeah. Yeah, because if you look back at that in-state class in 2017, it's loaded, right? Isaiah Thomas, Creed Humphrey, Trey Brown – uh, Justin Broyles was actually the top-ranked commit oh, yeah. in that class, if you can believe it. I mean, that that was one of the best classes that the state of Oklahoma has seen in the modern era, and OU took full advantage. That was the last Stoops class. Bob Stoops prioritized the state of Oklahoma. Where things took a turn is when Muleshoe was in charge. That was where the state of Oklahoma became much less of a priority. Tyler from Kellyville. Uh, instead, we got Gavin Sweetman. Big Rich in OKC says, Tyler, we need a t-shirt with a Godzilla OU jerseyed monster stomping all over the SEC. How about that for a t-shirt design? An OU Godzilla stomping all over the southeastern portion of the United States. Would you buy it for nineteen ninety nine, Parker Thune? 
I know you Godzilla stomping all over the state of Georgia and Mississippi. Here's an anecdote to illustrate just how little of a priority in-state recruiting was under Muleshoe. I think I can tell this story now. It's been long enough. And this kid's a stud now and might end up leaving school early to go to the draft. And so that's that's why I can – I feel like I can tell the story. Uh, His dad's probably listening. And if I step out of line here, Phil, I apologize. But – when Jacob Sexton was coming up, when he was a rising senior in high school, he and OU, OU was kind of, Muleshoe was kind of giving him the runaround. Oh, yeah. And so they came to a point where they basically said, uh, we're going to call Muleshoe and make a verbal commitment and give him two minutes to take Jacob. Like He's going to have two minutes on this phone call. <laughs> To either say, "Yep, okay, we're taking you," or "No, let's uh, let's hold the phone." Clark, here. Let's hold set on. a timer for two minutes, please. Clark, let's go. Come on, make and yourself useful. It, it was basically like Jacob was either going to commit to OU then and there, like either his verbal commitment was going to be accepted, or they they were just done. Like they were walking away, and OU wasn't going to get another. Ch- and mercifully, mercifully, Muleshoe said yes. Jeez. Because can you imagine? In that 2022 class, if the only offensive lineman you would have gotten had been Jake Taylor, that would have been that, that would have been pretty rough. And I I think people are excited about Jacob Sexton too. But yeah, yikes, man, big big yikes. Two minutes to decide. Yep, <laughs> two minutes and two minutes only. Yep, two minutes. Uh. And then Jake came up with one of the greatest commitment videos that the Twitterverse has ever seen. Will from Moore, I want to read this one before we hit a break. Will from Moore says, Roy Manning blocked me on Twitter because he went to England for the 4th of July, and I said, first you're a traitor to OU, and now you're going to England on Independence Day? You're a modern-day Benedict Arnold. He blocked me not even (laughs) 10 minutes later. Will, I wish I would have seen that. I would have retweeted that. I definitely wouldn't have blocked you. That's... That's a heck of a story and a heck of a tweet as well. Very Slim, well done. Slim Brady asked, wasn't Sexton committed to Oklahoma State? No, he wasn't. He had a final mm-hmm. five. I can't recall who all it was. But, like, the reason why there was such beef with OU and why Muleshoe was – well, why there was beef with the fact that Muleshoe was kind of noncommittal about Jake is because he was a take all day at Texas, which is his dad's alma mater. He was a take all day at Alabama – Obviously, he was a take all day at Oklahoma State, and OU was the one school that, because of Muleshoe, was, for whatever reason, a little bit pitter-patter in how they approached that recruitment. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More Cruton to get into. Uh, How is OU faring in Houston right now? According to some high school football coaches, very well. For an out-of-state school. We'll tell you more about that. Parker saw Nate Roberts yesterday and a whole lot more. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Travis Davidson is with me today on this Wednesday for the rush. And a segment we're going to do today, Parker, is the SEC teams on the schedule this year. Like, quick one-two sentence on how we kind of view those teams in late February. So I was looking at South Carolina today because I, I kind of knew you know, a, a lot about most SEC teams OU's going to play. South Carolina with losing Rattler and some other players trying to figure out more about them. They're going to they're gonna have a starting quarterback most likely. 
that wears rec specs during the game. Yeah, Lenora Sellers. Lenora Sellers. I got really excited, like, yes! An opposing quarterback wearing rec specs will be playing uh, on Owen Field this year. Let's go. Hang on. So you saw that, and it didn't give you instant Rodrigo Blankenship PTSD? Rodrigo Blankenship can't hurt me anymore, though he always does when it's the middle of the summer and that Rose Bowl is uh, being shown again, and he nails what I swear was a 75-yard field goal right before half. Everyone talks about the squib kick, as they should. But he still had to make like a 50-something-yard field goal, wasn't it? 57. Yeah. Yeah, I've been burned by the rec specs before. Let's let's hope that we can uh, shut down the rec specs this time. Uh, you visited with Nate Roberts yesterday. I did. Big time. Uh, number two player in the state of Oklahoma, according to Rivals. One of the best tight ends in the 25 class. What was uh, the big takeaway? Well, OU continues to duke this thing out with Ohio mm-hmm. State and Oregon. Penn State is in the mix. All four schools are going to get OVs in all likelihood. And I don't know, man. I don't think Nate knows at this point. He said, look, I don't have a clear favorite. Uh, We'll see what happens on these visits. He's going to the spring game for all three of his top contenders, Ohio State, Oregon, OU. He'll be at their spring games in successive weeks in the month of April. I believe it's Ohio State first, then Oklahoma, then Oregon. Uh, Their spring games are all one week apart. And so that'll go a long way towards dictating where he ultimately ends up. I don't think it's a slam dunk for anybody right now. And, you know, he he had a good laugh about some of the predictions that are out there because they're all over the place, right? There are some predictions for OU. There are some predictions for Ohio State. I I don't think there are any for Oregon yet. Wouldn't surprise me if we saw a couple of those. I know that uh, there are a couple members of that. Oregon media scene in particular that kind of toss out predictions willy-nilly but that's really the gist of it you're battling Oregon and Ohio State I think it comes down to the Sooners and the Buckeyes in all honesty and I think what you have to hold on to if you're an Oklahoma fan is the belief that in the end Nate is going to choose to stay home and play with all his guys right because in a class that is so dense with talent Pretty much everybody that's committed somewhere in the state of Oklahoma is committed to OU. Yeah, there's you not a top at, ten player in the state that's committed outside of OU. No, there is right not. Now, correct? Yeah. No, there is not. CJ Simon was, but he decommitted from Nebraska. So the four uncommitted holdouts. Well, I should say three because Simon doesn't have an offer. The three uncommitted holdouts right now are Nate Roberts, Tristan Haynes, and CJ Nixon. I think the Sooners get Nixon. And if we're putting percentages on it, I think the one with the higher likelihood of getting away from OU would be Tristan Haynes more so than Nate Roberts. But uh, there's a long way to go in that battle, man. And even he said he wants to commit in July. Even if he commits in July, man, it doesn't really matter where. I still think the other schools that made the cut as finalists are going to continue to recruit him until Penn meets paper and what happens in the 2024 season, especially with regard to those schools' usage of the tight end could cause him to, at the very least, think twice about the decision. I I, I would view Ohio State as the bigger threat than yes. Oregon. That that's just that's just me. It's kind of how I, I'm reading it right now. But here's OU yet again in a recruiting battle with Oregon, and it's not just uh-huh. kids from California or the Pacific Northwest. We've already mentioned two today. A uh, kid from the state of Arizona, now a kid in-state from, from Oklahoma. And, and I guess maybe it makes sense because 
you know, na- recruiting is maybe more nationally than it's ever been, and Oregon has to be that. They they just can't get an entire class from the Pacific Northwest, at least I don't think, and expect to win a national championship. It's still just funny how much you're competing with Oregon in the recruiting space these days. Whether it's an Oklahoma kid, an Arizona kid, a Kansas City kid, seems like you're always finding yourself in a handful of recruiting battles against Dan Lanning and his staff every single year. And that's the way it'll be, man. Oregon has a national recruiting presence that continues to expand and expand and expand because they have a tradition of winning at this point. They've been one of the top programs in college football for the last two decades. Now, they haven't gotten to the top of the mountain yet. They haven't won a national title, but they've been there in national championship games twice, twice in the last 15 years. And so they have won. They have won regardless of who the coach has been there. And now with Dan Lanning, they have a guy who is very adamantly in it for the long haul at UO. And that's going to matter. That's going to matter to recruits, especially with how many high-profile coaches have changed or left jobs these last few years. Having a guy that you know that you can count on to be there when you set foot on campus and when you graduate – that will come into play, not necessarily for every recruit, but some battles, that will become a factor, absolutely. I did find an interesting story on The Athletic today. There were uh, eight Houston-area high school football coaches, some uh, head coaches, others assistant coaches, and kind of asked these coaches a variety of recruiting questions. Who's the best in-state recruiter in the state of Texas? Which in-state school does the best in the city of Houston? The question was asked, who's the best program out of state in terms of Houston? Like, who's doing a really good job in Houston right now? And half of those coaches, four out of the eight, at least mentioned OU. One said Oklahoma is always around. Oregon comes by a lot, and they've done that for a while. LSU is around, too. Another coach said Oklahoma and LSU are probably the top two. Arizona State does a good job in Houston as well. Surprised to hear about uh, ASU. Coach Seven says, Oklahoma has been down here the most. They brought Brent Venables through, and the head coach only has so many visits and places he can go and people to see. So when he takes time out of his day to stop by, it sends a powerful message. And then another coach said, Oklahoma brings it. I consider them Texas North. They send a lot of guys. They know where to go, and they've always done a good job of getting Houston kids to go up there. So maybe there's this perception that, um, you know, historically, you know, over the past 20, 25 years or so, OU struck out more times than not in Houston. Yeah. But I think recently they've done a nice job, and it feels like in this 2025 class they're set up to have a nice run in the city of Houston there as well. There will be strong Houston representation in this class one way or another. There will be several Houston area commits in the cycle for Oklahoma. And I'm trying to think, is there – is there one already? No, I guess there's not. Uh, but make no mistake, there will be. The Sooners will get multiple commits out of the Houston area in the class of 2025. And that's an area that they would like to have a presence moving yeah. forward for obvious reasons. I mean, because that's, you know, it, it's got to be between, I mean, it has to be Dallas and Houston the two most talent-rich areas in the state of Texas, right? I mean, maybe you can argue Dallas has more most years, but there is a ton of good high school football and a ton of talent in Houston. And I would take it as a pretty good sign if eight high school football coaches in that area are being interviewed, that half would say that Oklahoma does the best job out of uh, non-in-state schools. Normally a pretty good sign there. So, 
Uh, good, good to hear on that front that OU's doing its due diligence in a city like Houston with a lot of talent. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to your text and more Cruton as well right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC in El Reno, bringing you the sour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. They sell Buicks and GMCs, which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road. That's Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC in El Reno. Clinton Tulsa says, has OU hired a new director of recruiting? Well, it depends on what you mean. So there isn't – director of recruiting is not a title at Oklahoma. There is director of on-campus recruiting, which was Lee Davis's role. Yep. Oklahoma has to fill that, and they are filling it uh, with Jolie Ale, formerly of the University of Utah. She's going to be the new director of on-campus recruiting. Uh, J.R. Sandlin's title at Oklahoma was director of player personnel and recruiting. Now – it is not immediately clear who is going to fill that role. I would think the odds-on favorite has to be Drew Hill, who is already in the player personnel department at Oklahoma, and he was the DPP under yeah. Muleshoe. How long has he been? At, he's been at OU for a while, right? Uh, over a decade at yeah, this point. Yeah. So then that creates the question, okay, who gets Drew Hill's old job, which I – I forget exactly. It's something like director of offensive player personnel or something like that. The OU coaching carousel is now open is what we're saying. Somebody takes a new title and it opens up their old old title. Some hirings and promotions will be happening here. Correct. So I I don't know who ends up getting Sandlin's role. And if it's Drew Hill, I don't know who ends up getting Drew Hill's old role. But Joe Leale is joining the staff as on-campus recruiting director. Wheels are already in motion there. Uh, so that's what we're waiting on now is to see how you addresses Sandlin's departure. Drew from Flower Mound says, so what Parker is saying is that after Ryan Day loses his fourth straight game to Michigan and gets fired, Devin Sanchez to OU. We talked about Devin Sanchez uh, late last year. I think if Devin Sanchez were to decommit from Ohio State, he'd probably go to like LSU or Texas or somewhere, not not Oklahoma. 918, is there a group of people not taking the offseason seriously? We're taking the offseason seriously. You talking about actual well, players on the team? Yeah, people mm-hmm. are digging for negative information. Oh, I love I, that. I, I, look, I said last hour, and it's better just not to acknowledge these things, but it's also helpful at times to remind people that I'm not just a sunshine bumper and not all of what I hear is great stuff about the future of the program and – how things are going for every single one of the 85 scholarship guys on the roster. Yeah, look, there are some guys that haven't approached winter workouts with the same level of intensity as others. That happens in every single program, every single organization across the country. Okay, Obviously, it's not going to be sunshine and roses. But what I said last hour remains true. There is an overwhelmingly lot more good than bad at this point right now for from OU, at least in the source conversations that I'm having. Tell me if I'm looking uh, way too much into this. The answer is, is probably yes, but it's going back and listening to the, uh, like, cutting up some audio of the Jackson Arnold interview with us on Monday, and we asked him about wide receivers, and he mentioned, like, freshmen, but nobody by name. He mentioned newcomers, but the point is, that really, the only newcomer that he mentioned was Dion Burks. Uh-huh. 
And I'm not trying. I'm not saying that negatively at all. I'm saying it more positively. Like Ivan I don't, Carrion sucks. <laughs> I I think we all kind of thought that he was going to play a big role in the offense, but it's like okay, well, can we like really start to count on that? Like he didn't mention any other newcomer by name except for Dion Burks. So clearly, all of the freshmen were swings and enormous misses by Emmett Jones. Yes, but no. Look, none of those freshmen are going to play much this year. Look at the depth in Oklahoma's receiver room right now. Tell me, how good does any of those individuals have to be in order to see the field in even a rotational role this year? Uh, very, it is not happening. Very is the answer. Reform Sooner and a texture from the 405 says, what position did Curtis Lofton just fill? Apologize if you've covered already. I mean, is, is his exact title going to be general manager? general manager GM of OU football. Yeah, so GM is kind of it's it's not a position that has previously existed at Oklahoma. It's a position that has only become common across college football since the beginning of the NIL. There was no real reason to have a GM before that. So OU has yet to appoint a general manager. Many other programs already have on their own timelines obviously. I don't know exactly when Curtis Lofton is going to officially assume those duties, but suffice to say He's been operating behind the scenes as OU's GM for quite some time, even if he hasn't had that I wonder title. if he negotiated a box for his new title. Because isn't that where the GM normally sits in the NFL <laughs> is in the owner's suite? We're going to get cutaways of Curtis Lofton. Just standing there up against the glass, all mad if things aren't going well. Yeah. Maybe he did. Who knows? All right, The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked on The Ref.